0: Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of Podcast 63. My name is Buck and today we're going to be talking about Loyola's past two games as well as previewing this upcoming week's game against Drake. He
1: jumps, he passes out to Hunter, Hunter shoots, off the rim, routes gets the score, it's over, it's over,
0: we won, we won the ball game, Loyola won the ball game, oh, we won 60-58. All right, I hope you guys enjoyed that little uh, famous audio cut. Uh, Today, I'm joined by another self-identified superfan. We're going to address him as Lou. Lou, how's it going today? It's going well, getting really excited to talk about Loyola basketball, and I can't wait to uh, hear what the listeners have to say. Glad to hear it, glad to hear it. So, uh, I'm going to give you a little quiz right off the bat here. Oh, no. Uh, so, the name of the podcast is Podcast 63. Do you know why that is the case? Podcast 63,
1: Loyola University Chicago basketball. Oh, no way. Would it
0: be about the 1963 <laughs> national championship team? I Would it? Dang, you got it right on the head. First try. Uh, well, I'm proud. You got it right. All right, let's jump right in. Let's talk about uh, the first game of the week last week, which was on Wednesday night. You and I came into Gentile Arena, and I'm not going to lie, I thought we were going to have uh, Blurs win by 10. I thought, you know, we might see the resurgence of Clay coming back after kind of a rough SIU game. Um, I thought the insurgence of Bruno coming to the lineup might help the team. And I actually just really thought Krutwig would dominate, which. He kind of did. Um, do we want to just uh, run through what were some of your initial takes from that and I game, Lou? Uh,
1: yeah, so um, I totally agree. I thought this game would be a little bit more Loyola-Chicago dominated. I thought the Ramblers would try to start off really hot. Um, again, uh, the first half really tested us guarding bigs who can shoot. Uh, I think that's somewhat of a little issue that we seem to have is trying to know how to space with a big who can shoot. And again, none of these bigs are really – sharp shooters from the corner or just pull up threes. But um, you and I had their man there, Luke McDonald, and he was just two for three from three. But, like, for a big guy to be able to shoot a three or even have a de- decent long two, mm-hmm. uh, that's a little of um, our um, Achilles heel uh, for us. But um, to talk about the first half, yeah, we were down at half, uh, 33 to 26. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the resurgence in the second half, again, where we really like to be called a second-half team. We like to put um, – all our eggs in one basket and just go for it. Mm. And I think, as we all know, the UNI game is really highlighted by a three from uh, a really uh, a really quiet guy on the three-point line. He's not really known to be uh, –
0: he said he hit one in high school. So oh, he said he
1: hit one in high school. Yeah, okay. senior
0: year of high school. So you've got to watch out. You never know. He might, he, might be, he might start dropping the threes on us now. Well,
1: I will be really more excited <laughs> to see uh, Cameron Krotwig, if you all don't know, had 100% from three-point land at the UNI game. He was one for one from a beautiful, beautiful wide-open corner three on the inbound play. Mm. Uh, it was just a fantastic boost to the team. It was come down seconds left in the game, and he just really was staying calm and collective. And he really, as he's doing it as a sophomore, putting the team where it needs to go, helping lead it. And the thing is, that's what's so great about this team is that they are collectively just really listening to each other. Um, And that's the thing that's tough when you see losses, as we'll talk about with Illinois State. But this I game said we really didn't give up. And even though we wanted it to be a better game than it was, it still was a game that you saw flashes
0: of just great talent that this team has. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just a great thing to see. I really liked how um, I I figured this team over the the non-con schedule and a couple of the conference games too uh, getting down like that. I don't think they started their second-half comeback really until like 10 minutes left in the second half, something like that. They were still down by like seven or eight points. Um so I did like to see a little bit of that fight. I noticed uh Towns kind of stepping up on defense. Uh he was taking uh was it AJ Green of of uh J. Green, yep. of Northern Iowa off the off the uh off the dribble. Um he had his hands in passing lane. So I did like the the energy they showed. Uh on a, one of my favorite moments obviously was that Crautwick three, but it was also the the reaction from the fans. I think everyone uh Just kind of went crazy, you know it was that brutal, cold day, and we were just all looking for something to to really go crazy for and and Croutwig sure delivered yeah, um, yeah I totally think the it. last time just to
1: show you Rambler fans how dedicated we are to the basketball game, I think this highlights nearly a resemblance to last year when our favorite big guy Carson Shanks um <laughs> tried to shout make out what, Carson Shanks, shout out, man um shot a big three or attempted a big three to get us <laughs> J.B. Albertos. Um, oh, uh, these man. centers from Loyola really know how to get a crowd going, <laughs> and I just think this three that Crutwig um, hit was big, and I hope it's added to the repertoire. I hope to see more of it. Mm. A confident big man who can really score from anywhere
0: is something you just really rarely see, but it's a great thing when we have it. So now we need uh, we need Big Frank to set back there and really just shoot from three. I think
1: Big Frank, man, I if people watch the Evansville game, I know it was hard to watch, but Big Frank had great scoring did, opportunity.
0: But if he can pull a three up, man, I I think we'd be a <laughs> dynamic duo. I think we'd win the Natty. I think if I think if Frank starts hitting from three, no, but um, all right, so so let's uh, shift gears a little bit. So Bruno got the start, which I think he also started the SIU game, if I'm not mistaken. Um. Porter was saying how you know he wanted to, to insert him to the starting lineup to kind of energize him. And as you guys, listeners, will find out, I'm not the biggest Bruno fan. Um, so uh, this is really coming from a deep part of, uh, of my gut here and saying Bruno played really well. I think he was uh, the third best player on that court for Loyola for most of the UNI game. Um, and we'll get to the ISU game later. But I think he played well against ISU too. Um, I'm pleasantly surprised by him. Uh, he's having a little more confidence. I love when he drives to the basket. I think he is a fancy finisher. He does get fouled uh, when he's driving to the hoop, and no one else really does it on the team besides besides Marcus Towns. So to have Bruno step up, drive to the hoop, look for look for maybe a cutting Krutwig or a cutting Uguak or someone in the in the corner. Um, I think Bruno st- stepped up and he played some good defense. Uh, what did you think about that, Lou?
1: Yeah, so I totally agree. Uh, when Bruno drives the basket, something amazing is going to happen. As we were going to talk about, he um, I believe it was the Illinois State game I just watched, that he had a beautiful underneath-the-basket move, and it was just crazy to see this filing surge of great to the rim. Um, and I think it credited back to last year. He saw the stage they were at, and then he went overseas and played for his country. Mm-hmm, and I think mm-hmm. moments like that lead up to a player putting the work in, in practice. As we both don't, we don't see it, but being able to see the transition onto the court in real time and now stepping up to be a starter on Mm. a team that we know is a great team. Mm. And that's a big thing for Bruno. And, again, the Bruno is only a junior. He still has another year. So to get that confidence now and that boost toward the tail end of his career here, Mm. I just think that really shows me that next year with a Clayton Custer and a Marcus Town gone Mm – that we have a ball mover. We have a guy who can drive to the rim, who can work with Kratwig to give a pick-and-roll or maybe pick-and-pop or something like that. And again, Bruno's admitted that he, in, he joked then about not making threes, and he knows where he really needs work and where he wants to go, and that's the thing is about so great is that he has the confidence to really find his spot, and if it's driving the rim and getting fouled, we all like to see that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big thing now, especially with Lucas being out, um, I think that's tough because Lucas steps up on defense all the time. Lucas is there for you on defense. And on offense, he will make the occasional three, and that's so great. And to have now, as Porter says, depth, that bench, being able to just step up, next man up, all in, that's what's great to see about Bruno. And the thing is, Bruno has never let anything get to his head. He's all fresh for every game. Every game's a new game. And that's what you see when these guys now are just dedicated to uh, going to the rim.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I I really enjoyed Bruno playing. I I think he stepped it up a little bit. Um, it's going to be exciting for him to see or to see how he plays down the stretch. I think um, I think it go, could go one of two ways. I think he'll continue feeding off this. Uh, I'm hoping Porter's going to give him some consistency. Uh, you know, one of my biggest critiques of Porter is his his lineup control, which you know another conversation for another day. Um, but I'm hoping he continues to uh, give give Bruno those minutes, give him the starts, uh, and, and hopefully he, he uh, continues down the stretch uh, being productive. Uh, so let's, uh, again, let's go something else. Let's uh, let's talk about Marcus Towns. He had a pretty good game. He, uh, 19 points, 3 re- rebounds, 3 assists, a couple steals. Um, I think that uh, I read that he, in every conference game so far, he scored double digits. I think he's really become this team's consistent force. Uh, how do you feel about that yeah i can I think consistency is going to kill other teams, and I
1: think that's what Marcus is stepping up to be um, and it's consistency and also moving the ball, getting the ball around um, I do believe I think in the u and I game or at least in one of the conference games he's also averaging a high assist, and that's mm-hmm. great, but being able to average that double digit points on a consistent basis in conference play is going to be huge Mm -hmm. because you play a team the first time you're like okay that's how i played next time he's just going to get better Mm -hmm. he's going to improve on what he couldn't do or what he can't do with certain teams and he'll rotate that and try to find other people or even find another way to score and that's great and i think um as again i will say the only issue i have is the free throws Mm -hmm. and it's not just marcus it's the team and the team is last currently in the valley with free throws So consistency on that level, I think, is something that we need to step up, up in conference play. But having players being consistent overall is just a great thing. Um, so I think Marcus seeing that flash, and again, like we said with Bruno, Marcus and him are really guys that just go to the rim. They, they go for the foul, and they will look for the score and the foul, but they're not – Uh, backing off they're not weak guys those guys are strong they're going to the rim and uh, I think it's just great to see Marcus being a guy we can count on game by game and again that's just that whole culture of stepping up
0: and being a guy when needed and also being there for other teammates so you mentioned uh, how Marcus and Bruno are kind of the strong guys they're driving the hoop they're looking for their own their own shot let's talk about a guy who seems to have fallen off a cliff seems to have stopped looking for his own shot uh, he seems to hang out around the three-point line. Uh, I'm talking about Clayton Custer. Where where has Clayton gone, Lou? Yeah, I think Clayton,
1: I think it's just the hype that uh, everyone starts with. I think Clay right now is a great guy to have on our team. He's the one that is the general. He will always be the general to this team. He knows how this team flows. He knows where people need to be. And that's the thing you need of a guy who's played four years of great basketball from Iowa State to now Loyola, sat that retro year and then had his best friend. Like regardless of what you say, he's not having the year we all had last year. But, again, this is a new team. Every year will be a new team, and you cannot live in the past. It's great to talk about what the team was last year. But this is a new starting five, a new culture, as Porter always says. And you got to understand, and I think Clay is just – Being what we need. He's the glue guy. He's the guy that'll bring guys together. He's never going to let you just stay in the corner and do nothing. And again, the three is not falling all the way, but there are multiple things that he's doing all the time. Whether it's defense, there's a lot of steals being more, I see in the game, and that's just the consistent on ball defense, which is great. And those are the things that might not show up in the stat line. And again, as we'll get to Illinois State, it was a rough stat line to see, but there are other things I think people need to also realize if you're going to focus on Loyola Rambler basketball that this team does great. And it's a tough thing to see, as we saw the poster of all the players last year, everyone wants them to be these, these idols of perfection. And I think that's just not what it, a team is, a, a team that all five players and even bench guys need to work together in a consistent basis. So mm-hmm. I think it's tough to see that he might not be able to find the same uh, shooting wave he was last year. He was player of the year, but again, is this is where a team like Loyola, multiple guys can step in in any way. And there's nothing wrong with it. The guys, are, if they win, they win as a team. There's no single aspect. You see multiple guys in the postgame uh, conference talking with Porter, and I think that's just great because it's never singling one guy out for anything he did wrong or singling one guy out for what he did great because it's the team and that's just where it's going and that I think as a fan people should appreciate that they're more focused on winning as a team and not looking for accolades and if they do come that's even amazing for us to show that we produce great talent and if we win the player of the year back-to-back regardless of who it is that's just an amazing thing to win two straight back-to-back players the year from the same team
0: yeah I'm uh I think that's all great I, I do think he is a team player I, I do think he's played some some pretty okay defense I think um, he did well on, on the guards against you uh, and I, and some of the guards against ISU too. I just, it's it's so heartbreaking to see him do so poorly. I, I'm not as convinced as you are that he is still producing well, and uh, I'm I'm not as sold on that whole glue guy conversation. I think he's a leader. I definitely think he's a leader. He's one of the two captains with Marcus Towns. Um, but yeah, I I just need more from him. I, I I don't know where it is. I think he has stopped looking for his shot on the drive. I think that I don't think he's lost confidence in his three point shot. I think he's still confident, as as uh, evident by how many three pointers he took against ISU. Um, but yeah, I I just need a little more from him. And and you know that's all right that we disagree. And hopefully he hopefully he uh, he turns it around here soon. Yeah. Um, just for fans, just to show. Um, I just
1: want to rebuttal with the only thing I can say is Clay plays the second most minutes, about 0.3 off from uh, Marcus, as I'm looking at. They both play 32 minutes, if we're just going to say solid numbers each. Um, and Clay's is only shooting, he's shooting 45% from field goal, which is about third highest, second highest on the team uh, where things go. I think the three ball is just not there this year, and that's, Understandable to say. Um, again, we, we are a team that lives and dies by the three. For sure. If we're not on it, we, we got to find other ways. And that's what's so great about having Krutwig. Um I think just the, the only thing I would say is yeah, I think the team just needs, if it's not falling, if the shot's not there that game, it just needs to be a little quicker. But it's hard for a team to just be like, oh, we can't just throw this option out because then it only really constrains them to just doing one certain way of playing offense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I totally get your point. I understand it. Uh, we both know the game pretty well we both watch these games really well mm-hmm. so yeah that's just where it's going but again i think what we want to talk about is
0: nbc player of the year uh topic for but, sure for sure I'll, i want to want to want to wrap this one up but i do want to end it on one quick quick question do you think cameron crutwig is a legitimate missouri valley conference player of the year i am
1: 100 percent confident that mm-hmm. cameron crutwig big crut king crut whatever you want to call him um as our uh fans do love him um he is player of the year material um and it's not that 3 at you and I game it's no. the consistency basis um, as we'll talk about now, I like seeing his double-double. He's a double-double guy right now with the rebounds and the points. Mm. But the assist, he is just there. He is their all-around guy. Blocks are a bigger thing this year with him. Sure. I
0: think he's, like he's nearly doubled his block count I would say
1: 100% year. doubled. Mm-hmm. He's dunking a lot more. Cameron Crowwick <laughs> is dunking the ball a lot more. And that's just what you like to see. The uh-huh. kid put in the work. There is no way you can deny that Cameron Crutwick put in the work Mm -hmm. he probably at the end of the final four was like I have this bad taste in my mouth Mm -hmm. I have this bad taste and that's what you love to see from everyone on the team but Cameron Crutwick he is all in he is putting the assist down on everyone he is finding you he I the plays I love of seeing him and um uh, here just like driving and he's dishing it that is a great thing to see but that's from a big guy. That's from a six foot ten big guy mm-hmm. being able to do that. The scoring's there. He's a natural scorer. He'll show you what his moves, what his footwork, his footwork has been as good as it was last year and improving still. Mm-hmm. And, again, there's always room for improvement. But Cameron Crowe, in my opinion, and I hope in a lot of your people's opinion, is that he is MVC Larry Bird Player of the Year material. And that is just because of how great he is on
0: all ends of the court. Yeah. Can't argue with that. So wrapping up this uh, this UNI recap, uh, Blurs did win sixty one to sixty on some some late heroics by Cameron Crutwig. Uh, any any closing points? I I don't have much to say about it or or you know, Kaifus had twenty one minutes, didn't really do a whole lot, you know, provided some defensive help. Ahear is still grabbing a few rebounds. I I am always amazed by how high he gets up to grab those rebounds. Um, but yeah, I I, I think you know, the four guys of Crutwood, Custer, Towns, and Scokena really kinda provided the the spark for this game.
1: Yeah, I think uh, if you're gonna go back to you and I we'll just wrap it up with a uh, here had four assist, which is huge for mm-hmm. anyone. Um, he also I like when he's moving the ball. The ball movement is key with this team. Um, spreading out um, the, the shooters and then having uh, Cam in the center point, I think, is a huge thing. And then here just being able to slide. I love when he sneakily just mm-hmm. gets the behind guys. I want him to cut to the basket more. Cutting to the basket, oh. that baseline sneak, and then he's just putting it back with the dunk is a great thing to see because then Cam will also find him. Yeah. But I think four assists and then the seven rebounds just highlight you. And he had 35 minutes, second most in the whole game. Wow. He's just consistently going to be there as another body to show that he's in the paint. He's yeah. going to be there. Um, only thing I'd like to see, again, we saw that, I believe, at the SIU game, which is just the previous week, uh, Christian Negron is coming in to flash a little bit. SIU, we had a great lead, and this is where I wanted that lead to be there again, mm-hmm. to show that Christian is there. Um, and I think um, when we look back and redoing uh, some of these games, uh, being able to f- uh, put bench guys in there and get them the minutes, because I think, I think Christian Negron is actually a guy that's going to sneakerly surprise people and... Step up because he, the way he grabs the rebounds and the way he's just there with the pick and roll I saw at SIU, mm-hmm. I think uh, guys like him and here will be uh, uh, really, really
0: dominate mm-hmm. uh, next year. It's great insight. All right, uh, we're going to move on from the UNI game and we're going to jump into the Illinois State game. So now shifting gears to the illinois state game uh the final score in uh was it Redbird arena was sixty five to fifty seven uh our blurs did drop that game um first first reactions um I didn't think it was as bad of a game as some people are you know freaking out about on twitter or or you know rambler mania um I thought that we had some players play pretty well. I thought Towns played well. Uh, he had a couple couple bad decisions on offense, a couple charges. Um, but overall, I thought he played pretty well. Crutwig had a great first half, a great game. He did fall off a little bit towards the end of the second half. I think uh, he kind of wasn't uh, creating as much. I um, thought Cooper played all right, a couple threes. I thought Bruno played good again. Um, obviously, Custer played Pretty awful. Uh, I'll get into that. Uguak um, gave some good minutes. Had a uh, bunch of rebounds. Um, Negron came in for a couple minutes, but you know it's it's usually the same six. So uh, let's uh, let's start off. Um, where do you want to start? Do you have any any points you want to give your reactions, Lou? Um, I think the game was tough. Uh, that's just a way to uh, to say it. This,
1: um, as you know, the the first time we played Illinois State, we only won by three. Um, I think being home that game, having the crowd as we do now have a crowd at every game, home game, which is amazing, that helped us. Um, if you're, if, uh, for the fans out there, if that game was any indication, you knew this game was going to be tough. Uh, being down there, Redbird Arena, um, that's a lot larger, larger crowd, it's a different atmosphere. Um, it's just tough. Um, I think Towns, uh, he's the guy in conference play right now. He's uh, dropped the 19 points. Um, big uh, Cameron Crutwig, I love the double double again. I would like to see a little bit more assist, but again is that 's a center. He got the eleven rebounds and his fifteen points, so that 's great. Um, I do think an issue that we might have had was like the the fouls issue. I know here had four fouls in the game, um, so it was just a little tough to watch that 's why it was there were spurts where we be, be within about five points, and then all of a sudden another run. Early in the game, we went on a run a little bit. I noticed mm-hmm. it was a little back and forth. It was a seven zero run. Seven kind of zero run, middle of exactly. The first half. Yeah, but um, I think the the key was anytime we got close, it was just um, there would a big. Uh, offensive charge would have happened, or some foul that would have just resulted in turnover, and then uh, the Redbirds
0: would just go on a run, and that was a tough thing to watch. Yeah. So speaking of those uh, those kind of key moments that you uh, alluded to a little bit, I want to talk to you about a moment in the first half. Maybe uh, some people might have forgotten. Um, I think it was a close game. I think we were. I think it was towards the end of the first half. I think we were down maybe three or four, and Kaif played some great on ball defense against one of the ISU guards or forwards and he actually got a hand on uh the three point shot and blocked it straight up and if if you might not remember Kaifus like peeled off and took down and ran down to the other side of the court cuz he thought one of his teammates maybe Krutwig, maybe a was going to grab that ball and he would be open for a layup a dunk whatever instead um, I think it might have been Phil Fane uh, grabbed that ball and passed it right back out to that same player, and uh, um, Copeland um, hit that three. And that was, in my opinion, a very big moment of that first half. Uh, I don't necessarily think it's a freshman mistake by Kaifis. I think that he, you know, he was trying to do uh, maybe make the smart play. Maybe he got a little anxious. Um, but if he takes down that court, takes off down the court. And does get a dunk, like we're looking at that play as probably a key moment of the game for the exact opposite reason. So um, yeah, I thought that was a really key moment. I thought Kaifus played some good defense there. Um, overall, I think I think Kaifus he did play all right. He played 27 minutes, did have three three pointers. I think I might have said two earlier. He did have three. Um, Played some good defense. I th- I think he did drive to the basket a little bit. Didn't didn't take too many uh, nine three point shots. Um, but uh, I wanted to to mention talking about him creating this this statistic. And, and please, Luke, give me give me your your feedback on it because it's something that I I kind of just made up while watching this game. So it's a statistic that I've made up called creates, and it it is a statistic that is kind of all encompassing, offensive, defensive. Um, that uh, is an indicator of someone doing something positive. It might be creating new, another possession. It might be creating a shot for yourself or for a teammate um, on the defensive side, getting steals uh, sometimes, or winning a 50-50 ball. Um, and so I tallied these over the games, and, and it's, not, it's not very surprising who is doing well in this category I made up. Towns had 11, Crutwig had 10, and then it kind of tails off from there. Uh, how do you feel about that? What, do you think, do you think that's, a, that's a good little statistic to keep? you have any critiques about it? What do you think?
1: Yeah, um, yeah, I think that's those are the moments in a game that I love about this team. It's the hustle, that play. Like Again, if you go back to the Cooper play, if it was another team that stepped up a taller man uh, to go grab the ball – and he's there for the dunk or even a three, whatever he's comfortable with, those are like, wow, what a moment, what a shift. Um, and plays like that are big. Um, creating a shot or a pass out, uh, even a simple nice pick could lead mm-hmm. to a wide that's a good open point. I man. i got to add that to my list. I haven't done that yet. Um, so yeah, good defense is always something we all look for. Um, making the team shoot last-second shots, or a little rush shot, that's a big thing. Uh, But then there's almost also things that we have to see. And the other end is non-creations as like Mm -hmm. us rushing a shot or waiting into the last second. So those are things. um, With this team, I think it's so great because so many players on the team are there with assists, are there with defensive stops, and they can score. Everyone on this team can score, but it's that creation from other teammates that allows them to score. And I think something to be paying attention to like that, it's like, oh, hey, that's a spot right there where if cam was brought up higher someone else could have snuck behind again mm-hmm. but again is that's how the other team reacts and as this game it was tough like i said i'm just going to be saying that the whole podcast right now but illinois state regrouped they watched probably the film from the game where we they only lost by three and they said here's what we need to do mm-hmm. and that's the thing um Sometimes you get second chances. Um, As right now, Illinois State is tied with us for the first, Mm -hmm. and maybe we'll have a third chance against them in the finals, MVC tournament. And I I think, I hope so too. And I hope with this idea of creating opportunities to score, to defend um, early on in the game and late in the game, um, I I don't want to be a team that. wants to be that one moment with two minutes left costs us the game. No, I think this idea of creation can lead to be like, oh, hey, this moment right here, that was a turning point. And I think that was a, this is a game to perfectly talk about it because we were so close at so many points on us nearly kick-starting a run for ourselves, but then a moment as a charge, uh, as a t- small turnover or over the back, some, something so small on, uh, on the negative side uh,
0: allowed the Illinois State Redbirds to take their own uh, chance. It seemed like one small moment kind of bothered them for two or three possessions rather than that one. I mean, I do think that they were able to gather themselves, you know, uh, a, a couple possessions down the line. But, yeah, I do think I think you're correct in saying that. One of the biggest reason I saw that this game uh, was lost or where this game was won and lost um, was in the three-point shooting. Um I felt like, and I think I counted either five or six three-pointers that that Illinois State hit out of their ten with with hands in their face. Um, I don't think that we played poorly defensively. I, I remember very specifically this one where it was Custer on Keyshawn Evans, and Keyshawn Evans shot the ball so high that it went out of the picture of the television and it dropped right in. And, and I think uh, that that is where – uh, they won the game. Um, I counted out of the what the Loyola was. Uh, let's see, five for twenty-five from three, so they missed twenty-three pointers. Of those twenty misses, sixteen of them were open, and I don't mean like a guy you know a step away. Like there was no one in their in their bubble, like no one within three to five feet at least. And of those sixteen, Custer had nine. Not surprising. Towns had two, which. That's all right. Bruno had three. All three of his three-pointers were missed, and they were open three-pointers. And Kaifus had two as well. Um, but, yeah, uh, let's, let's talk a little bit. What do you think uh, – so after this game, Custer obviously struggled. He had eight points, was one for 12 from three, three for 14 from the field. Um, what do you think is the message in the clubhouse after this game from Porter to, to Clayton Custer?
1: Uh, Yeah, so to Clay, if you're really um, a stats person, um, I just remember watching the end of the game. Some of those threes were just last um, second chances, just really heaves from Mm -hmm. everyone. Um, Everyone was heaving the ball, just trying to see if it would get in. And quite honestly, the ball kept rimming out. So I would think, I don't know, maybe it was really one for nine. I really can't say if one for 12 is the really legit stat of a three-point. But regardless, one for nine is not even as great. Percentage-wise, it's better. But um, I think it was just um, a rough game. Um, I, I do think this game was a great defensive way. I'm looking at it. We scored uh, 19 points off turnovers, um, and that's just not a bad stat to have. Um, but right now in the clubhouse, it's that next game. Uh, Porter said it in this press conference. Um, I believe it was either after the Evansville game or the Missouri State game, I believe, and it was like um, the next win. He said, we put it in the bank. We put it in uh, – We." We put it in the record book. It was like, okay, that was a loss. We need to move on. And that's a thing, What though, with this game, we have to be pay attention closely to is this could be your Sunday NBC final game. For sure. We're tied right now, first place. If the season ends today, Loyola would be the one seed. Illinois State would be the two seed. Um, and that's something that games like this really emphasis on, hey, we are the two best teams in the Valley. Mm-hmm. We need to find, as Loyola Ramblers, a separation from Illinois State. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so cringing about when you watch like, the defense of a hand in the face and a shot still going up. Clay, Clay couldn't do anything. Clay had played the best defense on that moment you talked about, mm-hmm. and it's just moments like that are tough to watch. But then moments where someone goes one for nine or O oh from three, especially if any of those were uh,
0: wide-open threes, that's tough. Yeah, I mean, I think if if Clay even hits a third of his open threes, that's that's nine extra points, and then we're looking at you know Loyola wins by by a point. Um, so yeah, I I don't think this team is gonna miss sixteen open threes ever again. I mean, I think when you when you're when you have an open three, realistically, you're hoping to hit around forty to maybe fifty percent because then you got to imagine there's you know contested three pointers which which you're making just a lower percentage. Um so so yeah if you hit even if you hit 40% of these open threes that's an additional uh what is that well like like 6 or 7 and then this game isn't even close. Um so yeah uh did you have something to add on that one?
1: Yeah so I think with the threes it's it it might surprise people but to me it doesn't really I think this was just a bad game and again you could go back to almost um Missouri State game because Missouri State isn't that big of a three-point shooting team, but that game against us, they were making their threes. Mm -hmm. And today, um, that Illinois State game wasn't a game Loyola was making their threes. But if you look at the Valley stats, we are number one in three-point field goal percentage from three. So it is tough to be like, ah, but what happened? Those are just the games. Sometimes it's just not working. But the thing is to say that we aren't a three-point team is false, I would say, because we are number one in the Valley from three-point, and that's what we're good at. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, though, having options like a here and Cameron are just great because then we should be able to push the ball down to them and try. it. And that's the thing when you watch the tape. They're double-teaming, Crutwick. They're triple-teaming. So, yeah, triple-teaming. So that's yeah. why these threes are so wide open. So that's why it's even going to be a crucial on this last leg of conference play that we need to still be that number one in the Valley three-point field goal percentage team. And that's a thing that the team is going to recruit and be like, yo, when they watch the film of watching the missed threes, it's just going to be every three misses is going to be, nope, never again. Because they won't, they won't forget it. They won't forget how hard of a game that was and a game they know they want to win all of them. But games like this are just even tougher to the team that's right behind them, that's tied with them right now for first place. Because, because finding that
0: separation is just going to be an ease into the Valley play. Yeah, so I wanted to to shift gears a little bit. I want to take you through another uh, couple – a a sequence, maybe two or three possessions that I really thought uh, was the game. So it was 37-31, Illinois State was up. Uh, I think it was maybe five or eight minutes into the second half, and Uguac was coming to the line for two free throws. Uh, He misses both, um, and then uh, Illinois State goes down the court and Loyola plays a great defensive possession. I think they they almost ran out the shot clock, if I remember correctly. And on the rebound, Custer boxes out. I think it might have been Evans. And perfect box out, textbook. He blocks him out into almost out of bounds, and uh, they called a foul. They called a foul on Custer, and you know Custer was confused. Porter was upset. The the team show you know visually showed that that uh, that there was a very confusing call. And so ISU got another chance. They ended up making a three with uh, Kaifus had uh, a hand in Chastain's face, and Chastain made the three. Then we go down the court, Towns turns the ball over, uh, and then ISU comes down and hits another three. And very quickly this game goes from 37-31 or 37-33 if Ugwak makes his free throws, to 43-31, and, and, and that's just such a huge turnaround. And, and then av- ever since that moment, I think Loyola was just struggling to get back in the ball ballgame. Um, yeah, so that, that, in my opinion, was the end of the game. I did uh, one little last uh, little bit here. Um, I thought the last two-and-a-half minutes when Loyola, I think we were down like 11 or 12 at that point, uh, we kind of sped the offense up. We needed to because we were trying to get more possessions to to um, try to get back in the ball ballgame. Um, but we are a very slow team. Uh, I think uh, what is it? Ken Palm puts out their pace uh, statistic. It's either Ken Palm or Haslam metrics. Uh, one of them has a pace statistic. And we are dead last. We, by design, take longer possessions so that We have fewer possessions because we rely on our defense and our ability to make shots. Our field goal percentage is very high. Um, But in this last two and a half minutes, we sped the offense up, got a lot more shot opportunities. Uh, You know, there was a couple three-pointers. Crutwig had a layup and some free throws. Uh, Coop made two threes. Custer did finally make a three. Towns hit three free throws. So in this last two and a half minutes, we sped up the offense, scored a lot more points. We did give ourselves at least a fighting chance to come back in the ball game. Um, but ultimately, we did drop this one, sixty-five fifty-seven. Uh, like uh, my partner here said, you know, put it in the bank and and move on. Um, I don't think that there will be another ball game where Clayton Custer misses eleven three pointers. Uh, do you have any final thoughts on the game?
1: No. Um only thing I got to say is um, he's the general, and I still put my trust in him. That's my side. Um, he's the man who hit the shot against Tennessee. Marcus is the man who hit the shot um, against Nevada, um, and those guys are on the team. And those and everyone on the team, majority, uh, Krutwig, um, uh Bruno, they've guys, they've played in big moments, mm-hmm. and they should know, and they do know that these rest of these Valley games are big moments. Mm-hmm. Every game is a big moment for us, regardless of where up by eight games in the conference play, or if we're down by a game, or if we're tied like we are currently. Every game is a big game. Every game uh, determines the culture that surrounds this team. And I think they know that after this game that it won't ever feel this bad from a shooting perspe- perspective. Uh, defensively, holding a team to 65 points, not a bad game. Um, it 's just uh, finding that middle ground where you could have that great defense with that offense, mm-hmm. and as we all know, against the Southern Onola game, when we had such a big lead, when we click like we did in the early valley games, we are blowing teams out. Mm-hmm. We are dominating the game the whole game, the whole forty minutes, and that 's the team that we just need to see towards the end and that 's a team I know we have and um and I think uh, everyone, ha- everyone on the team has their strengths, and they will show in these next
0: Valley games. Yeah. Uh, speaking of big moments, uh, let's move on. Let's uh, talk about the next big moment, which is the game against Drake coming up on Tuesday night. So now, jumping into the preview of the week, uh, we have a Tuesday night game against Drake coming up. Drake is uh, solely in third place. Uh, Illinois State and Loyola are one and two, tied for first and Drake is just a game back of us, too. So it's going to be a very important game. Um, last time out, we did beat Drake uh, by 11. It was 85-74. Uh, it was a, a little bigger lead than that. I think they, they really made a couple three-pointers at the end to make it seem closer than it really was. Um, if you guys can remember, both Marcus and Clay had huge games, Marcus scored 28, Clay scored 26. Those are both career highs for them. Um, so, yeah, my big question for this game is, is, can we see Clay bounce back? And I think yes. What do you think? Uh, 100%. I think after a game like Illinois State and the uh,
1: really the challenge to conquer first place in the Valley, uh, these next few games, everyone's going to be committed. And I think just remembering the last Drake game, both Marcus and Clay will be – let's do it again and there's no reason they can't um they each are both very talented and great players and i think they're both gonna go off i think this game is a game where we see another 26 and 28 outing um marcus with five assists that game which is huge and then um i also think um cameron's gonna come in and maybe as my dream get that another double double I want to see this man become the double double, the Blake Griffin of the double double, um, and I think this will just um, be a game where, again, as Porter greatly says, put put that loss, put that last game, that loss in the bank, put it there, but move on. Let's go all in, and I think this. I'm hoping this is a game, and this is my last two cents that I hope this is a game where we see Negron get a lot more minutes, Isaiah get a lot more minutes. Um, Cooper get a lot more minutes um if Bruno Cooper started the last Drake game over Bruno this we might see a difference because Bruno has been really showing uh the great skill he has but again I'm I'm hoping this game you see a lot more minutes being played
0: uh from the bench yeah I wanted to uh you mentioned Crutwig had a he had a solid game 13 6 and 6 last time out against Drake um but Drake's big guy uh Nick McGlynn uh he, in my opinion, is the biggest competitor for Player of the Year to go along with Crutwig and Towns and also Malik Yarborough of, of Illinois State. Um, I think uh, McGlinn this season, 16 points, 8 rebounds, uh, an assist and a block per game. Um, it sounds pretty similar to, to a guy's stat line that we, uh, we have on our team in Crutwig. Um, and last time out... Against Drake, McGlynn did score 21 points and have seven rebounds, so he, he did kind of outplay Crutwick in, in this last matchup, and it wasn't as close because our guards performed so well. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I do think there is a legitimate chance that McGlynn does, again, score 20 points, um, and uh, Cam might struggle. What do you think, Lou? Um, yeah, I think right now uh, we have the two best players in the Valley, um, I
1: think Marcus Towns, uh, with the consistency of his double digits in the Valley play, is amazing to see. And then the sophomore Cameron Crowick just dominating on trying to be a guy who's there all the time, whether he's with the assists, now with the double digits rebounds, and with the points, he's there to just also dominate. Um, Marcus, is there going to be that consistency of getting those double digits? Um, and it's great to see Drake, uh, Drake's uh, player Nick step up. Um, they had a tough loss to a teammate of theirs um, early in Valley play. Uh, he was out for the year. He was dominating the team. Yeah, Nick Norton, the, yeah, the point guard, exactly. Norton was leading. So to see Nick come up, he uh, got to throw out names like Malik Yarborough. He was there last year, coming down the line with the clay. Um, so I think with if we're talking Valley Player of the Year talk. Yeah, these guys are there. Um, I think Loyola, though, has been able to create a dominance in players to take that mantle, to step up and be that player of the year. And that's what's so great is that year by year, different players become um, that player. And that's an awesome thing to see in this team. And I think down the stretch, that's
0: what you, what type of team you'll see. So just a little preview of uh, of Drake's roster here. Um, They did lose their point guard, Nick Norton, for the year. Uh, Very, very awful injury. Never want to see that. Um, So other than Nick McGlynn now, they do have their two starting guards, are DJ Wilkins and uh, Brady Ellingson. Uh, Both those guys average about 11 points a game. Um, They kind of do it in different ways. Uh, Ellingson is a a sharpshooter. He is the Cooper Kyphus of Drake. He's averaging 11 points. He's shooting 46% from behind the line. Um, he's someone, I think, to watch out for. I think if he gets it going in the beginning of the game, especially on the road at Loyola, he's someone that you need to watch out for. Um, So getting up and into him early, making sure he misses those first uh, two or three shots is really important. Um, DJ Wilkins, uh, more of a driving guard. He does turn the ball over a fair amount. Um, That's something maybe Loyola can hope to, uh, to exploit. Other than that, um, I think their, their rotation goes about 9 or 10 deep. Um, Trammell Murphy, 9.6 rebounds, uh, someone that, that does play decent amount of minutes, um, but it is going to be Nick McGlynn and, and those other three that I've mentioned that are going to get the bulk of those minutes. Um, and going uh, switching gears to our side of the ball, uh, we we know we've talked about you know the up and down season that Clay's had talked about the consistency of Marcus Towns and also the emergence uh, domination of uh, Cameron Crutwig um, but I want to I want to talk again about Bruno and I and I want to know is Bruno a legitimate fourth option for this team What do you think, Lou? Um, yeah, as a fourth option,
1: I think Bruno is showing that he is. Um, I think he's a guy that's going to help move the ball around, and I think that's key. Um, A guy not afraid to go to the rim is great to have. I don't think any of our players are afraid to go to the rim. Uh, He has just shown recently flashes of how great um, he is when he gets to the rim, and that confidence just keeps building in him to dominate. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why I hope this game uh, gets the confidence in the bench players and reserves to come up and get. Um, as I saw Christian Negron in the uh, SIU game, the rebounds he was grabbing, the dominance with a pick-and-roll with Bruno, working together was great. Uh, Cooper coming in, he'll probably go for a good three for four or four for five from three, okay. um, I'm hoping some this predictions game. predictions here. Yeah, some predictions, because that's just what type of player he is. And I think uh, the starting five uh, with Bruno, Clay, Cam, here, and Marcus, like they will just be ready
0: to dominate this game yeah I'm looking I, I'm thinking it's gonna be a comfortable game for the blurs again you know I, I said this last time against you and I uh, but I do think they're gonna us out by about 10 um I think Marcus will play consistent I think he's gonna have 10 to 12 points I think crut's gonna play pretty well by 15 or 16. Um, I'm looking for Clay to, to bounce back, maybe in a big way, but maybe not. Maybe he just goes three for four from three, couple assists, you know, twelve points, something like that. That's I think that's what we need from Clay on a more consistent basis. But I really do think I think Ahir is gonna play well and I think Cooper and uh Bruno are gonna play well. I think one of them is gonna go for double digits. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna go with your kyphus pick. I think kyphus is gonna go for double digits. You always hope your freshmen can play well at home, and you hope that your veterans carry you on the road. So I'm looking for Cooper Cooper to score, yeah, 12 or 15. Um, but besides that, uh, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good game. Uh, I I think that Drake has figured some things out since uh, they did lose Nick Norton uh, for the year. Uh, I think they've won something like four of their past five or five of their past past six. So, so they they do come into uh, Gentile Arena on a little bit of a hot streak, um, but yeah, I, I I will pick the Blurs. I'm never not gonna pick the Blurs. I think we could go against any team in the nation. I think we take on Duke. I think we beat him at Gentile. So uh, bring on bring on Duke. Who who do you think we uh, who do you want us to beat at home there, Lou?
1: I, I want Nevada again. If I could have okay, any team right give now. Give us Nevada. Give us I Nevada. I want Nevada part, to come back because I, uh, I think we are a team. Yeah. I, I think we're hitting all cylinders. We, we we can play any team. And again, it's um, anybody's game. If we make the tournament at 15, 16 seed, 14, 13, 11, whatever seed we are, I think um, it's only a few games to that final four again. And I think this team with the right mindset, and I think Porter really will with this stretch, he'll remind them of what it was like last year and how it is that they can get there. And, again, that's where Valley play comes in, and I think being in first place right now is a great spot, and I think they will be able to extend that um, lead going down the stretch.
0: Yeah. Um, So one sign-off question here. Who are you taking at home, Uh, getting uh, the Loyola Ramblers or – are we going to take the wild card here? If the Bulls came in to play at Gentile Arena, who are you taking? Um, I'm taking –
1: I want to take the good old Ramblers. Ooh. I think uh, I think it's going to be surprising, but I think uh, Frank the Tank's going to come off the bench and dominate. <laughs> play 40 minutes. I want play. Frank to play 40 minutes. Yeah, but um, those are the games you hope to maybe see, and maybe one day I'll, I'd like to end it on uh, – maybe seeing the good old Loyola Ramblers playing in the United Center. That would Ooh, be a great thing to see. That would be a great calling thing Calling out see. you, uh, good old Northwestern, mm-hmm. uh, calling out DePaul. DePaul. Big time DePaul come Ooh, out. I don't, even, and, I don't
0: even have enough time to get into how badly we need
1: to play I just Western Yeah, um, but a USC good friend to always play. They're always yep. there to get that easy dub off of. Um, but, yeah, calling out Northwestern. Let's play
0: uh, an actual game not a scrimmage. And DePaul, Damn. you know where we're at. All right, uh, that'll do it for us today here at uh, Podcast 63. Thank you so much for tuning in to our first ever uh, podcast here. Uh, Thank you, uh, Lou. Have a good night.